Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. We are pretty excited, friends, to be back for our second episode of season three. Hi, Amanda. Hey, everybody. Hello. We are here. We are rocking and rolling. And today we are talking about... New teachers. We're not just talking about new teachers. Ah, reminisce what it was like to be a new teacher. Oh my gosh. Does your chest start to cave in a little bit? bit. But how to support new teachers. New teachers need mentors. And it's not just any type of a mentor. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about who new teachers really are. Because what does it mean to be a new teacher, right? We're going to talk about what mentorship really should look like. What it can look like and what it should look like really why all teachers, but specifically new teachers need mentors, and then how that should look. A lot of this sounds redundant, but I swear we've got a good plan coming for you. And if you are a new teacher listening, please, please, please listen to the end of this episode because here's the thing. I know you are surrounded right now with a lot of neggy vibes. Everyone coming out of the teaching pandemic crisis of last year is like, run for the hills, get the hell out of here. And well, actually- I would say it's, it's, it's one or the other. It's either like run for the hills. Like, you know, what are you thinking starting your career? Or it's like, everything's wonderful and the children are back and everything's great. But there's a happy medium of real in there that we want to talk about. It's exactly what we want to do. And if you listened last week, you know that I have just resigned. 
but I didn't resign because the first three years are terrible or the teaching is terrible. You, you have to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already to hear more about that. But I want to be very, very clear. Teaching is incredible. I would love for my children to become teachers and I support obviously all teachers everywhere. And especially you guys just starting, you're going to need a hand and that's what we're here for. Yep. And we have a really cool new teacher mentorship program that we want to tell you about. But before we get to the ins and outs of that, mm, we need to cue the music. Music time, music time. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. So, Amanda, I want to ask you about what kind of mentor or mentors did you have as a brand new, like brand spanking new, shiny, out of the credential program teacher? What was there for you? So I had one assigned to me when I started. As many of us do. Yes. Uh, And let me say, she's a wonderful person, but she was a pretty cranky teacher. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, the way it worked when I started was you were pretty much assigned a mentor who teaches at least one of the same classes that you do. And she did. And she gave me a file folder of worksheets and a binder of stuff and a stack of books and said, let me know if you need anything. Which one thing I want to touch on here is, so I'm from California, as many of us know, we as new teachers in the state, the golden state go through a program called BITSA, Beginning Teacher Something as Something. Obviously, it's really stuck with me. Those of you California teachers that are listening to this probably know the acronym, but I like that was just superfluous knowledge that I let go. And this program, it's a two-year induction, like to clear your credential. I know other states have similar sorts of things. And so with this program comes a mentor. And my district has a really cool program where they have classroom teachers go on special assignment to work with new teachers clearing their credential through this program. On paper, it's awesome. (laughs) These programs, right? Like you being assigned a teacher to look up to and be able to talk to and gain experience from. Me being assigned a regular mentor with regular meeting times. And it's great. What happens nine times out of 10 though, and it has nothing to do with the individual people, it has to do with the system, is that when there's a bureaucratic system like that, it becomes more work than help. So like, I will never forget, and I'm guessing you had a similar feeling that when you had to sit down and do a meeting, there was like all this paperwork involved because it all has to, because, you know, we're government employees. Once again, I'm not really criticizing it. I'm just pointing out what it is and what it becomes and how these types of mentorship that are assigned to you almost need guidance for the guidance. You know what I mean? Like you need a mentor to help you through your mentorship program to help you with beginning teaching. Like, <laughs> just- yeah, we didn't have any paperwork per se, but I didn't 
really get anything unless I asked for it. Oh, and you don't know what you're doing at that point. You're like, I need help making oatmeal this morning because that's Uh, all I can focus on. Yeah. Well, and that was the problem. I didn't know what to ask for. I was, believe it or not, pretty shy. I mean, it was my first job. I didn't know anybody. So that setup was kind of flawed from the beginning. Not to mention, I, I don't think this person that I was paired up with was thrilled about the assignment. Doesn't sound Um, like it. Doesn't, doesn't sound like this was a can do attitude. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, you know, I was this obnoxious, like bushy tailed, just coming out of college. I make first classroom. I'm going to decorate. I'm so excited. I love teaching. And she was like, And you and I, right. You and I are also like the ones who I guarantee you were like me. And we went in there and we're like, I'm going to be amazing at this because (laughs) I am great at things that I begin. (laughs) Oh, the confidence was embarrassing. I mean, I know kids better than anyone. Yeah. I've I've spent my whole life preparing for this moment Yes, and I'm going to kill it. I understand children on a visceral level. Yeah, I know. And then, and then you get a few years in and you're like, you look back at that past you and you're like, dumbass. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it ate me alive. My first year ate me alive <laughs> and I learned so much. So it's, it's definitely the kind of year that like, you just have to live through it, but yeah, you know, mentorship, but it doesn't have to be that bad. Yes. Well, and so I also was a new teacher when I switched schools. So after 10 years of teaching, I yes. had to go back through two years of new teacher mentorship and new teacher meetings after school to learn about collaborative group work. I mean, I had to go to a meeting once a month after school to fit my credentials for whatever, for being a new teacher. Like I had to go through the program. I think I just threw up in my mouth. That sounds awful. Um, And I remember even the very, my very beginning when I was 22, it was the after school meetings. We had them like once or twice a month. And I mean, they were well-intentioned. I remember like we had one about like Kagan strategies, one about, I mean, there were one, like one was a visit from the Dean's office and what to do, but like, Man, I just remember sitting through those thinking like, can I please go work? I'm exhausted. I don't, I can't process any of this right now. Well, that's, and that leads me to the question of who is this for? Like, who is this for? (laughs) Once again, it looks great on paper. And then as that individual who's supposed to be benefiting, I remember feeling all the pressure of like, I'm not getting out of this when I'm supposed to. Like, I'm not getting it. So when we talk about new teachers, specifically, we're talking about teachers, What's that statistic that you have about three years? Oh, more teachers leave the profession in the first three years than at any other point in their career. Yes. So when we start talking about like this whole episode, new teachers need mentors, we're talking about that first year, second year, third year classroom teachers, because that is like the, the do or die make or break point in a, an educator's career. I need mentors now, like hence talking out loud and having a social media connection to anybody I can find. But when we're talking about new teachers, we're really talking about those first three years because that is the time where it is so, it's just so much. There's so much. It really is such an all-encompassing profession that you need help just navigating, right? And like wading through it all. This episode is brought to you by Curriculum Rehab by us, the team here at Brave New Teaching. It is the first and only teacher PD of its kind, a course to help teachers like you by guiding you through creating your own personal framework for curriculum. You make it work for you, your students, and your unique situation because nobody else knows 
what the kiddos in your classroom need the way that you do. Curriculum Rehab takes all of the resources available to you, all of the lessons, the assessments, the activities, all of the texts, everything that could possibly be there for you, and it helps you organize what you actually need in order to attain your teaching objectives. These are the strategies that Amanda and myself have used in our own classrooms, have developed over very long years of teaching and figuring things out, combined together to create this framework and these strategies that we can guide you through. This course will give you the tools you need for a complete curriculum overhaul or to start from scratch. Wherever you are on that continuum, it does it all for you and with you on your timeline. So start today, do a little bit more in a couple of months, and then pick it up next summer. It's Teacher PD the way it should be on your own time. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash course for more information, or just head to the show notes for this episode. We cannot wait to see you there. It's finally time to take control of what goes on in your own classroom and create the curriculum of your dreams. All right, let's get back into the show. We've talked about what mentorship well-intentioned can look like if it doesn't quite, you know, work out. Like once again, I totally get it. But I just remember sitting in those meetings, like you said, in the afternoons being like, nothing is permeating my brain. I'm gone. (laughs) I have gone from here. Uh, So let's talk about what it should look like. So for me, I got to be a mentor later in my years and my careers. If you guys go back and listen to episode 31, uh, I actually interviewed my protege slash work husband, which he became. Um, and we talk a little bit about our experience with me mentoring him. And I didn't know, really know what I was doing. So I'm not going to say this is what, what it needs to look like. But what we focused on and learned through trial and error was the practical stuff that needs to get done. Like he came to my classroom every lunch hour and we ate lunch together. And we either talked about lesson plans for the next day or we lesson planned for the rest of the week. Or we did something very concrete that was going to actually help you survive the next day or two. Right. The practical in the moment. This is what I need things. Absolutely. That was really, really helpful. And just like I I listened to him. Yes. I would say one of the biggest... One of the biggest reasons for me that mentorship early in my career did not really work out is I felt like I was supposed to be providing something to them because it's like being evaluated on a monthly basis, right? So you feel like you're supposed, I felt like I'm not going to put on anybody else. I felt like I, and I'm guessing this will resonate, was supposed to be providing and jumping through hoops and doing something for somebody else. It did not feel like it was for me. And that is very much in the way I approached it. So like, I will take full responsibility for my own like mindset and actions, but it was also just the way that it came off because now I've been in this district for, you know, ever and more teachers have the same feeling than don't because there's just so much, there's just so much. And it's like, well, how do you make that happen then? Like, how do you create that space for teachers where they're getting what they need if they don't know what they need? And it's a lot of what you're just saying. It's a lot of sitting down and saying like, Hey, tell me what you got going on this week. You know, and then say, okay, let's foresee any issues that that might come up. Let's see, what are you feeling less than confident about, right? It's just taking the moment and it doesn't have to be like, I love that you guys got to do every single day. 
Uh, we just had a brand new teacher as a long-term sub for one of my good friends who went on um, maternity leave. She is coming back, but this brand new teacher was her sub for the entire term. She did great. We would talk, we had the same prep period, so that helped. We would talk at least a few times a week where she would ask me like, hey, I have this IEP meeting and I'd say, okay, tell me what you have prepared for it. How do you feel about talking about it? And like, I would let her tell me what she was ready for. And then I would say, what questions do you have? You know, like it was just like a, a very in the moment of like, well, what do you have now? What do you think you might need to get into the practical stuff? Like you're saying, I've mentored officially two teachers. So Kyle was my first and he was mm-hmm. a baby new teacher. Um, he was very needy, self-declared needy. And so what I tried so to do funny. was give him what he needed. I then mentored my dear friend, Jamie, who was a teacher who transferred from another, from another school. And what she really needed was like the lay of the land and like the social piece. And so she and I probably only met for content once or twice a week um, because she like, she was ready to go. But I was the one who like, I would stop by her room before pep assembly and pick her up. I would, you know, invite her to events to go together if she didn't want to go alone or was trying to not go because you just want to go take a breath. But sometimes you need to go to stuff to meet people. So I I was kind of like the social encourager um, so for her, whereas I did something totally different for Kyle. And I think a good mentor takes time to get to know exactly what her, her kids need, (laughs) just like teaching. And I, and I really loved that. And that's one of the things that I think Marie and I are hoping to do now as coaches for teachers is listen to our teachers, what they need and try to be there. And I think our specialty, we're not going to be able to walk you to a pep assembly. That's that's, we can't do that, but we can help you see a little bit further down the road. Like you were saying, Marie, than you are capable of seeing in your first couple of years. Absolutely. And I mean, even though like, obviously we're not going to be on campus with somebody else, it's still like, I have guided teachers through, well, well, tell me who are the teachers that you know on campus? Who's your next door neighbor? Like, you know, I'm like helping them find that way to advocate because even though we are adults, there's still like social anxiety is social anxiety. And when you're in a workplace, there's like all these different layers and you're in charge of kids, but you also aren't quite sure what to do and you don't want to do anything wrong, blah, 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 blah. And finding the people like you and me who can help, you know, just lend an ear and give some insight and help you find really the answer that you're looking for on like a classroom level or a parent communication level is one thing. A lot of times we know the answers to the like social types of questions to the workplace. uh, How do I say like, I don't know, machine, like, like how to, how to navigate like the social dynamics of a workplace, even though we're not there you and I could still help each other figure that out together. Cause sometimes it just takes talking it through to be able to get there. So yeah, real like mentorship, the way that we define it at brave new teaching is practical. It's practical and it's getting down to the immediate need, the not so distant future need, and then seeing the forest through the trees, right? Like it's, it's kind of multi-layered in that kind of a way. A hundred percent. And I think if you guys have gone through our course curriculum rehab, you know that one of our biggest pushes is to really practice backwards planning. And I think that that might be the most difficult thing to do when you're new, because how do you backwards plan if you've never gone forward? <laughs> if you've never seen the end, if you've never, if you've never yeah. seen the end, y- yes, you know, yes. And that's something that we can, we can help you with too, is we've seen the end many times and we can help give vision to that. 
when that might otherwise be incredibly tricky. Yeah. And this is just sounding like an entire episode, just pitching our program. I mean, absolutely. That's like, we want to put it out there, but like, if you're like, Oh no, I, I have that teacher at my school. I'm a second year teacher. And I, yep. That is Lisa down the hall, like whatever, just think through then ways that you could be really mindful in your professional interactions with Lisa down the hall and find ways that if you feel like you are too much, then, then really dwindle down to who else could you talk to and what do you really need? Right. That's the other thing that we're kind of getting at here is like what mentorship doesn't look like somebody else doing your IEP paperwork for you. Mentorship looks like somebody else saying, Hey, you might be missing this. Hey, when I was a new teacher, I didn't even know about X, Y, and Z. And you going, oh my gosh, I had no idea too, right? It's those little, let me take you under my wing kind of moments. Well, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we are all collectively responsible for taking care of new teachers. Yes. That is all of our responsibility. Maria, oh, I Oh, like, gosh, yes, 100%. I mean, going to interrupt that, you over and over because yes. I'm so in love with what you're saying. Well, it's true. And that is one of the most incredibly untapped resources are our new teachers who are coming out of college, who are coming in with energy, passion, dream. Like they are those bushy tailed goofy girls and guys who are like, I've wanted to do this forever or, or whatever they're or coming is. or coming out of the business world or coming out of a different professional yes. setting and have a completely different worldview than like you and me who have been teachers since we were infants, right? Like not everybody has them. that journey but every new teacher has a brand new, fresh perspective. And that perspective, we cannot, we can't extinguish or we can't neglect. That is why I think we're so fired up about this and why we set aside our time to professionally support teachers. But if you're out there and you're in our position as a mid-career or veteran career teacher, seeking out opportunities within your building to mentor new teachers is a great way to give yourself some new perspective, give yourself a chance to really like just foster the growth of the next generation of teachers, because we need that so badly. And if teachers are new and starting and leaving and starting and leaving, that's not what our profession needs right now. That is a waste of resources. That is a waste of talent and energy. And we all carry responsibility for that. Um, So that's what I would say is the absolute bottom line. Yeah, I I will. Like we've heard horror stories, right? I think we've all heard horror stories. Some of us own the horror stories of having a teacher say, well, nobody helped me. You're going to have to figure that out. Nonsense. Nonsense. Well, just not just nonsense. That's bullshit. That is like, what a, what a butthead thing to say. And how miserable does a person have to say who says that, you know? And I mean, I'm perfectly nice. People have said that sentiment, but like, I'm, I'm sad that you were in a bad place at that point in time do better. And so this is our like call to our community. Let's do better. Let's, and a lot of us have been, but let's just, like Amanda said, new teachers are one of the best resources because the perspective on education, the perspective on content, the perspective on all of it is something new. And, and it's so easy from like a veteran perspective to get like just bogged down from being in the trenches for so long that when you get to like put your head up and say, that's why summer is so great. If you get to travel or do something different <laughs> and you come back with a fresh perspective, imagine that perspective being completely intrinsic. Marie, why don't we end this episode? Let's give out some free new teacher advice. So new teachers okay. who are here and listening, I want to give you some just like very 
you did not ask for this, but we're going to give it to you. But you pressed play on the episode. So that was your trade. That's your fault. (laughs) Number one, you are valuable and important and don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. Yes. Number two, you don't know everything, but neither does anybody else. No one out there knows everything. No one knows everything. We don't know everything. And we are very happy to admit that. I don't, first of all, I don't want to know everything. That's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility. And I'm too anxious for that kind of crap. But like, no, ask questions. I respect the people who admit, I have no idea. Let me go ask. Let's go figure that out, right? The problem solvers more than the people who quote unquote know it all because they don't. Okay. I'm going to do number three. You do number four, and then we're going to let everyone go. Okay. So number three is if you don't get a question answered, ask it again. Yeah. Find somebody else. Ask it again and get the answer that you need and just keep asking. It is okay. It is absolutely okay. I promise. Okay. And number four is going to sound a little weird coming from me because I'm a lifer for my school. And I like, this is my community. This is where I'm raising my children, et cetera. But sometimes the best advice is going to come from outside of your teacher world. So like of your immediate surrounding, because there's a lot that is thrown on educators in general, classroom teachers specifically as well. That is political by way of actual like American and, you know, like other like governmental politics, but also like business workplace politics. And sometimes asking the questions that are vulnerable can be really scary. So I I will say, even if you've got the best friends in the world working in your building, which many of us do, sometimes it feels better to field your questions first outside. Yep. Yep. It's a little safer. You don't have to worry about those interpersonal relationships. You don't have to, like, you can just be vulnerable and be you and get your, your questions answered. Yep. It's going to yep. be hard. There's no sugarcoating that, but. Absolutely. And if, if what we have said resonates and if you are part of this brave new teaching community and you want to check out our new educator or our beginning educator mentorship program, head to the show notes. We've got some information there for you. Uh, You can click on the link and take a little look-see. And we are really excited to work with our new teacher cohort because we cannot wait to dig in and get some cool stuff going and help you guys build some confidence. Amanda, this was a very fun episode. I'm happy that we, yeah, like I'm glad that was a good idea. Let's end it with some advice. I like it a lot. Friends, thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment, if you would head over to iTunes and give us a little rating and review, it helps other brave new teachers find this podcast and, uh, you know, join the community and make things all good and wonderful. So thank you for listening. We will see you back again next week with a brand new episode. Bye everyone. Bye.